Hey there, BreezeLine has a holiday gift just for you. One month of free internet for all your family's gift sites, book flights, and movie nights. Get reliable, fast internet with speeds starting at 100 megabits per second for just $19.99 a month. Plus, free Wi-Fi your way home for the first 12 months. And your first month is free. BreezeLine wishes you all a happy and bright holiday season. If only they could give you a little holiday relief from all the matching family outfits. Service subject to availability. New residential customers and select areas only. Visit BreezeLine.com for complete offer details. Hmm. Brought to you by Grow Generation. Today's episode of the Cantina is whether on Dagobah or Tatooine you are, everything you need to grow right where you are, they have. Later in the episode, more on them you will hear. Hmm. <laughs> Welcome to a galaxy far, far away. Here at the Cantina Podcast, we provide top-shelf service, including rumors, leaks, news, and reviews. Come in, order a Loman Ale, and remember, no droids allowed. All right, man. I think we are all set. And, and I, you know, I'm pretty certain I know... At least what we're going to start off with talking about. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, there's, there's a couple of things to talk about today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, with, a couple of things that came out yesterday today. Yeah, so. so with that being said, welcome everybody back to the cantina. Uh, get a, Grab a seat, get a, get a drink. Uh, you snuck your droids in, I'm going to uh, blast you in the face. No, it's it's not that type of joint, all right? Dro- droids are allowed. Droids are cool, okay? I don't need need no no crazy uh, droid revolution on my on my hands. Uh, funny funny store story though. Um, uh, from the old EU. Did you ever read like any of the like uh comics that dealt with like the the droid rebellion and and like uh when three PO had a uh, ex- existential crisis during the Vong invasion and shit like that. No, <laughs> no I think that was after I had uh, given up. Yeah, man, they, they they did some cr- crazy stuff with the with the droids. Uh, eventually, because that that is one thing about Star Wars that they they don't really explore too much. They they tried to to in Solo, but no, not necessarily well. Um, but that's the whole idea of sentient thinking machines that don't feel, but they can think. And, you know, how, how can you think without feeling? Well, you, you can't, as we learn late, much, much later when 3PO realizes, you know, the Vong hate technologies so much that even though he could be destroyed and backed up right now, that the Vong could destroy him and all the back backups, and he would never come back. And he freaks out out about it. It's it's interesting because it's we're the only. Does he say, "I would like to take one last look yeah, at my friends yeah. who I only met ten, ten minutes, minutes, minutes ago"? <laughs> no, at this point he had actually ten spent ago. you know who who are thir- you all thirty years with where's, these people. Where's Master Luke? <laughs> um, the uh. <laughs> But the the interesting thing about about that is while it's w- way out there far far e- EU stuff though it it's a human thing because we're the only creatures that we know, know of that that 
understand our mortality. We are going to die. That's going to happen. It's it's a hundred percent as of now inevitable, right? No other animal that that we know of has to face that fact. And it was kind of cool to see Star Wars get to uh, uh, explore that, explore someone realizing that for the for first time. You know. Mm. So yeah, that's. I guess, yeah, I mean, it's something that they could have done more within the kind of current canon of the story, I suppose. I didn't particularly like the way they did it in Solo either. It was like, you know, hey, I'm going to start a rebellion, but let's just do it for comedy purposes, you know. And I didn't feel at the right place for it. But, um, you know, in another universe somewhere, you know, it could have been something that they dealt with as a theme, especially the way, you know, the droids are ultimately the enemies of the prequels. Um, it may have been kind of a nice angle to take about, you know, some some change in the way that droids are treated after that, yeah. you know, because they're basically used as this tool of war. And you get the feeling, you know, in the old trilogy, well, obviously at the time it wasn't designed that way, but they, they tried to link it up as that that's why people don't like droids so much. And they kind of capitalise on that in Mandalorian yeah. because they put, obviously, Din Djarin in that situation where... You know, his entire family were killed in a separatist attack and he just doesn't like yep. droids. But, you know, they play with that, uh, mostly in season one, of course. Um, you know, and, and, and I like that. So, yeah, there is there is territory there that could be explored further and, and probably something like a show, something like Mando that can take a mm-hmm. bit more time to do something a bit more, you know, take a character and explore that character for a little while, like a droid or something like that. It, it could yeah, work. You know, that's that's something that you could, they could do in the future. It's funny because um, there was a Q&A session with George Lucas at a school, um, and mm-hmm. he was asked a question. It dealt more with, like, uh, contemporary politics and, and diversity, and he kind of went off on something Lucasfilm probably really didn't like him saying, which was basically, like, that's not what Star Wars is about, you know, that's not what I was writing about, but there was this thing with the with the droids and their uh enslavement to humans, but we we hadn't gotten gotten there yet. So that that yeah. idea of of the droids having more to them was at least uh in uh, according to him now now or in the last few years in his in his mind. So, I uh, you know, that's that's what was great about it. And that the could have been a fun basis for a sequel trilogy almost that, you know, that instead of going with a Sith route and, you know, yeah. I mean, a sequel trilogy that was done 20 years ago, not not the age they were now, you know, which I don't think you could have done it then. But something they could have done at the time was like having, you know, droids being the threat again, but it, but it being a cause that, you know, Luke struggles with because he actually takes the point of view and how reliant people become on, you know, the droids yeah. and the, the the tech that they, they you know that they take for granted in that universe. Um but I don't know. I don't know if it is the right the right place to do that. Um, no the books and movies. I don't think you've got the time for it. But in a show where, you know I I'd watch that. I'd watch that about a droid that kinda yeah. you know, I, 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 I literally I would watch a show starring a droid, you know, because droids can have 
personality in Star Wars, you know, they can also just be gonks, like gonk, gonk, but they, you know, are the mouse droids, mm. but, you know, likes of 3PO, some other droids, kind of a bit more personality about them at times, yeah. um, depending on kind of how, how they're programmed, etc. Because, I mean, that would be something that would interest me following a droid, saying, you know, why... Why I want to be kind of free, if you like, you know. I mean, I want to break my program and and, and you know just go off and be um, someone. And then you know, what do you do with my life then? You yeah. know what I mean? I don't need food. Uh, I don't need, but you know, and just kind of and maybe making a friend with someone, you know, and that that could be a kind of fun concept to to explore um, in Disney Plus or something like that. I think. Yeah, I mean, I I with. with... Disney Plus, absolutely, and and even animation, as long as it's not kiddish, you know, just and and what I mean by well, kiddish yeah, for that thing, I'd prefer live action. I, I would too. You know, I, would, I, don't, I, don't I would too. Animated, right? But if that. I saw a good anime, like a powerhouse style animation, um, their their ability, their diversity between C- Castlevania and He Man alone shows that. I, I'll give them any mm. property and and have faith in powerhouse, but um, I, I live action would be more, would be like amazing to, to do. Well, live action, I think, would be really good because that would be the challenge yeah. of it. Almost, can you make a show where the main character is a droid and people still love him and want to watch him? Every yeah, week? can you do and, that? That'd almost be like the challenge I'd be trying to kind of achieve at that point. And live action, I just think animation would be too easy. Uh, to do I that, can, you know, because it's just a voice yeah. actor, you know, ultimately. I can agree. I but can... putting all that together into a performance is, is a different I, thing. I can I absolutely agree. And the cool thing is, is, is with Disney Plus and the idea of, of Star Wars TV shows, that old EU feel uh, uh, is, is more possible. And what I mean is those types of yeah. side stories, those non-Skywalker yeah, well, Jedi like, you're, you're writing stories. a novel, a novel, I mean, you know, a novel's one novel's like a six, seven episode exactly. hour long series. Exactly. You know, um, well, and I'm thinking more adult novels. Yeah. I think, to be honest, where I when I enjoyed the Star Wars novels the most when when I was when I was at that age where you know I wasn't yet an adult, but I was kind of teetering on the edge. And they were the kind of kind of perfect length because it was something I was interested in. I could read them without getting sort of too bored down. page paperbacks. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, I felt as I kind of got older, my what excited me to read was something you know to to engage me more in a book. I needed to be challenged more. I needed something a bit more adult, and my taste changed as a result. And I think that was part of the reason why I went off the EU as well because they weren't there wasn't any books out there that were like really dark or really you know taking things in a different direction it was all it was all fun you know i mean if 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 you like and i just think um you know there's only so much of that you can take in book format for me anyway whereas i could take it all day long (laughs) in a tv or a a film format but sometimes when i'm reading a book you know i want i want to get dragged into it just a little bit more you know and to get to use my imagination yeah i can respect that that oh yeah um yeah, with that, let's let, let's transition to to a plan. Where are we going let's, first? Let's transition with a plan. Oh, we're going for yeah, a plan. Yeah, yeah, let's, let's go with a plan. You know, when we start the show, 
oftentimes we do have a a plan. We we text uh, ahead of time on on Slack. Hey, the, these but, are but, the but, big, but, big topics. Always, sometimes but not we, always. You know. but, but usually, if there's not a a, a preset, yeah, I mean, we don't, we, it's not script. Yeah. We don't know what we're going to talk about. We just say like, here's a story, exactly. and then we should cover this today. We've got you know, like that's just... a, a loose a loose idea. Even some would say like we at least know where we want to go. <laughs> It's not quite sort of daily cog, where, as I used to come on when it was LIM mornings, where we didn't know what we were going to talk about till we yeah. started, you know, <laughs> talking, and then it was just to see where it went. Um, you know, not quite yeah. that. No. So, uh, it, something every everyone has known. Uh, we've had actors come out and say uh, this, the words that I'm about to say. Uh, we there, there's been a fight over whether or not the sequel trilogy had a plan, and and hmm. people uh, that usually are big defenders of the Last Jedi would would say, oh, there there was a plan until Abrams threw it out the the window in hmm. in uh, Rise of Skywalker. Hmm. I think I think and again the the evidence of Colin Trevorrow's script. Well, and how completely different it was, and that they didn't want that. I think tells us that that, that wasn't that the case. and uh, uh, conversations with Ridley and and um, uh, Boyega and Driver. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, now... I mean that's just the the kind of first thing. And then we have obviously when we know that Ian McDermott was first yep, contacted when he was first back contacted. as Palpatine when that. And yes, we've we've heard from people that the idea of a, and the Emperor coming back, I think, might have been mentioned by Abrams at some point while they but were making the first not, one. But there was nothing yeah, sort of set in uh-uh. stone as here's the gay lane where we're going to follow. Ryan Johnson had no concept of any ideas to bring back Palpatine mm-hmm. or anything like that. He, he, he doesn't know anything about that when he makes his movie, which he writes based on what he knows from The Force Awakens, and it gets approved by right. Lucasfilm, who say, we love this, go yep. and, and make it. Because that's, and that's, that's it. when... And at the time, Abrams, I remember saying, I don't know whether he was just lying at the time, but said, oh, when I read the script for The Last Jedi, I felt jealous because I wanted to make it. Right. Then, you well, know, this is... he does such a retcon job, which to me was him reacting to what people were saying about The Last Jedi and trying to fix well, it. That's what he was trying to do in that last film. Yeah. And I think that's where it does go completely off the rails. Even for the people that love yep. The Last Jedi, the last one does go off the rails. Like we were talking to we were talking to Nick and Jammer about this and they both love The Last Jedi. But, you know, they, Nick just they can't love it anymore because it was finished so badly. Jammer can still love that film, but he doesn't like the Rise yeah. of Skywalker, um, you know. So, and any of people that us who kind of had already maybe turned off a little bit more by that point, anyway, you know. Certainly me. I know you were kind of maybe slightly more on the fence than I was at some points, but um, yeah. Um, and so what Abrams, you know, he gave an interview and he was talking about you know having a plan versus not having a plan, and and you know how. Um, how that affects things, and basically, the what he said was um, that um, he, you know, he, in his opinion, it, although 
sometimes the best things come from having no plan it's better to have one even if you have to change it along the way kind of thing even if you have to change it because you feel something is working that's okay but at least you've got your plan that you're still kind of falling towards and while he doesn't directly kind of say it at any point it kind of feels like he's talking about the the star wars trilogy and the fact that you know of when he started it you know he, as far as he knew, he was just doing that one film. He was just setting up a mystery box and other people's job was to finish well, it. Hold, so when he got brought back in to hold, finish it... Uh, you know, on like, that, let, let's remember that he did allegedly, and I, I believe he said himself, that he did a, a treatment for the whole... His whole idea, like his idea of where the, the I don't know if it was I don't even know if I'd call that I, treatment I think, I think that he was gave the some term that he, he used kind but of... it, it, at least there was allegedly a a path that he had said this is where I see it going that's that's it and and I do just want to th- I'm not trying to protect him nor am I trying to, to throw uh Johnson under the bus either I just want the full picture out there you know oh, oh, yeah and even then it's still uh, Johnson ultimately still scripts yep. sends it to Lucasfilm and, and they, they still approve no. it no matter that's, what that's ultimately exactly. their decision they could have said well we, we kind of like the JJ's can you can you, you know you're not really setting us up for, for that one but as far as Ryan Johnson was concerned he was just setting up what he saw as possibilities of, of where they could go next, things that he thought were interesting paths that they could take next. And what Rise of Skywalker doesn't really do is follow on from that in any way. Um, kind of, it almost feels like Abrams goes back to what his ideas were and it almost feels like it's a follow on from The Force Awakens itself rather than, than The Last Jedi. But what I think is really interesting about this is also that ultimately that lack of a plan a big responsibility of that falls onto Abrams in the first place because they did have an outline there. Mm-hmm. And Bob Iger has quoted as saying that when they brought J.J. Abrams on board, it was his decision to throw out Lucas's outline and that Lucas was pissed yeah, when, when Iger I told him that was the case. care for what they were wanting to do. I mean, that's because you've heard, you know, you've heard one little snippet which somebody's released and it kind of feels... Like that was almost the thing to say to to kind of turn people off it. Ultimately, if we look at Lucas's career, outlines are the only thing he does pretty well. You know, the outline he had for the prequel trilogy was good. The outline that he kind of put forward for the original trilogy was good, but better writers come in in the the original trilogy and turn that into something. That didn't happen with the prequel trilogy because he took too much of it on himself, and what we were just left was his wooden clunkiness, right, which right. probably would have been the same way the old trilogy went if it wasn't for better writers just being involved <laughs> and and producers as well. Because you don't don't forget oh, how Kurtz, important yeah. Gary Kurtz Absolutely. was in that process, and Kurtz was pro- Kurtz and Kasdan were the people really missing from that pupil trilogy but what had happened after that is Lucas had all this praise and all the money and it was like he had done it all himself and I don't think Kasdan and Kurtz really kind of were all big fans of Lucas at that point they, you know like Kasdan's come back to watch the Star Wars since Lucas left I just don't think he really 
gets on with him very well and I don't think, you know, um, Gary Kurtz did either at that point, you know, so that was never going to happen. But but ultimately that's like, it's like taking, you know, I'll talk about my favourite band, Led Zeppelin, you know, one of the most celebrated bands in the world. And it's like taking, you know, Jimmy Page out and he says, well, you know, I don't need you guys anymore. I'm going to start my own band. And it might be okay, but it's not. Led Zeppelin anymore, you know, and that's ultimately that team was was missing from 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 those movies. But I think still, you know, even if if Lucas's plan wasn't, you know, they didn't like it, you know, overall, the general theme of it, they could they should have adapted that and come up with their own, you know, version of it that uh, that was an outline again that they were happy mm-hmm. with, you know, before they started the scripting process for the Force Awakens. And then it's okay to bring in a new writer and it's okay to bring in a new director and everything like that as long as they have an outline and say, well, look, you understand that how we get there is kind of up to you, but this is an end point we need to hit. So they, these two characters need to be at this this kind of point at the end. That's the, that's the point of this trilogy, if you like. The theme of it is this. Um, can you work with that? And you're only going to hire somebody that says, yeah, I can work with that, yeah. you know? Um, in the first place... Um, so, you know, it's great for Abrams to talk about not having a plan, but I think he's as guilty as Iger, oh, yeah. Kennedy, anybody Absolute. else that, that was involved Absolute. in that. And I think, especially when it comes to that final movie, which, you know, he didn't have to come back for. Yeah. You know, they've probably delivered a truckload of cash to his front door and said, you know... You coming back, and he's went okay. You know, so he's he's took on the responsibility, and whether it was mandated from Disney or it was his idea, he's he's went in a direction that didn't work mm-hmm. for what it came before it. That that's all it is. It just didn't work for what it came before it, and it therefore doesn't feel like one story. It just um, and the worst thing he did. I don't think he intended to do this, but by by doing what he did, he made the original trilogy worse. I agree. Which is the crime that you cannot accept with us, you know, because what he said is that's not the ending anymore. What you believe to be the climax of this series no longer is. This nope. is actually about Palpatine and he survived and he had a granddaughter and, you know... And all of that sort of stuff, it doesn't really follow on from what those first six episodes are about, which was Anakin's story. And the absence of Anakin in that sequel trilogy is staggering. How can you have a a, a one story that's set and there's one main character to that story and then he just doesn't appear in the last third of the book, if you were writing a book, for example, yeah. or a, a series of books, and that your your lead character's just not there by the end, it just wouldn't make much sense, you know, especially in a universe where you can bring people back as voices, you can bring, you know, if they didn't want to show Hayden Christensen, because they well, do we make him young, do we make him old, they could have just did the voice, you know, Hayden's voice would have been enough, Yeah, you know, um, we would have recognised him, you know, oh, that's Hayden's voice, that's fine because we've never heard um, Anakin talk to Luke through the force shit on screen at any point. So to use Hayden's voice is absolutely fine. That's one way they could have got away with it. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, uh, I, I, I do want to um, 
defend my my point against the the Lucas story in its entirety based solely on the the Metaclorian thing, not just on on the potential and and, and this yeah. this is what for, for me me personally for me the force was is and and should be the 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 all mystical ma- magical thing that that hold on hold on I, I i know hold, hold on i know what happens in the in the uh car- cartoons right right um i couldn't stand what what lucas did with with uh uh just the prequel movies i understand that they go into who it deeper and they re-spiritualize it in, in a way at a microscopic level but science can very much so in the clone wars and stuff like right. that. it doesn't it doesn't feel like it's it doesn't feel like um still some DNA thing. It doesn't it still um, took after you so, that. so much out of it for for me, and because I, think, I can't, you know, all midichlorians are right because I don't, I couldn't get into the the Clone Wars because I I hated the prequels and I didn't have a, a young kid at the at the at that 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 time uh, for for me to get get into it. I've never had that that moment where i'm like oh okay i i can accept it so yeah for from the get get go looking at just the the previous six live action films i would never mm-hmm. want to visit the micro world of the mid midichlorians now if i had been able to experience things the way you did i might feel differently <laughs> yeah I mean, I think that's the thing, and I, I still think, from your point of view, you should just, you know, it's. I mean, let's face it; it's not as if you know you've got a full time job at the moment. You're retired. Oh. Do you know what I mean? You can watch the Clone Wars, you, dude. You I know? put out what nine podcasts a week. <laughs> right. Let's compare that to me, who also holds down a full time job at the same time. If you want to start now, anyway, um, content I have to watch for this. Oh my goodness! I mean, that's true though. That's true. That is true because I don't have to watch things unless, like, it's um, unless it's something um, you know, like I'm specifically booked to go on or it interests me in the first place, and I want to write about it. You know, like the um, stuff you would have been watching. Our upcoming uh, uh, war film review for uh, uh, D-Day anniversary when we'll be talking uh, Saving Private Ryan. We're going to talk about some war movies because we like war movies. Although you're a much bigger war movie fan than I am, so I'm going to be learning some stuff because I'm going to see some films that I've actually never watched before. Indeed, we're going to write write after... uh, uh, on this ta- tangent, and we'll use the, this since we're we're going from Star Wars on this t- tangent to go to our our uh, uh, advertisers. But but to advertise this new new podcast, we're doing the uh, D Day uh, a- anniversary Operation Overlord with S- Saving Private Ryan, a movie known worldwide. Uh, war dealing, mm-hmm. you know, world with worldwide con- consequences, and then uh, the next next month. Will Cam will get some American history lessons with uh G- 
Gettysburg because that'll be the an- anniversary yep. for that battle. And then Cam's going to get to p- pick a war movie uh, for us to go go with. So it'll it'll be a lot of lot of fun. We'll see how everyone in- enjoys it. And and if you guys like the the first three or so, we should yeah. cover. Actually, I've just well, thought of something. We should actually cover. Braveheart at yeah, some point if, as a war movie because it's Absolutely. a war movie yes, as well. It, it is. Absolutely. It's just a war movie before the invention. Did you film. see uh the 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 Bruce uh Robert the Bruce's movie? The I, I can't was it on Netflix? The one with um Chris Payne in it. So yeah. I haven't seen neither, it. No, neither I have seen it. I, I kinda I watched a little like ten minutes of it and I just, oh. you know, I just didn't like his accent or anything like that, even though everybody was saying how great <laughs> it was. It just I just I couldn't watch any more after that. I just think, you know, it's such a hard accent to pull yeah. off. Um and actually Mel Gibson done a really good he job did. of it in he did. that movie. But we better yeah, get back so to our sponsors and then on to Star Wars because people will be like, I didn't come here. Exactly. exactly. Here, here's the ad from our, our awesome sponsors over at uh Grow Generation. Take it take it away, guys. Grow Generation, where the pros go to grow. The Grow Generation commercial team is armed with industry-leading professional consultants. Grow Generation's team will help you fully manage any size or scale project. They offer turnkey facility designs, cultivation room design and on-site project consultation. Go to www.growgeneration.com where the pros go to grow. All right, thanks so much. Uh, Cam, the the whole plan thing it's something we've all known we let's let's just it's time to move on from the sequel trilogy is isn't it it's, we were talking about this it's the only thing you can do it you've got two choices right this, this is your two choices except that, that that shit is canon and just hope it gets better from here on it or you just you're done with star mm-hmm. wars yeah that's it you're done with it and be done with it then don't come back and moan about every single thing that happens because if you've made that conscious decision that they can't come back from this then what's the point now that I suppose again just talking about the people that we've spoken to that's kind of where Nick is at the moment and you know he's like I'm just I'm not interested in Star Wars anymore Um, you know and that's fine you know he doesn't he doesn't have to 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 watch any of the stuff I think he has watched Mando but you know that's his choice at the end of the day but he's he's certainly not going to be rushing it to watch any of the movies or anything um, whereas kind of you, me, and obviously Jamal that we're talking about are kind of more like, well, let's hope things get better yes. from here on out because that's that's all you can kind of do. But you know, I would have been, I was kind of in the same place as Nick before Mando. Do you know what I mean? Mando yeah, is what kind of got me back again because I really, you know, even though I had some criticisms about season one. It ended really, really well, and I thought season two was fantastic. Um, um, and you know that you know I try to get back up, but they suck me back in. <laughs> um, and that, that ultimately that's what it is. I start watching it, I go, I'm interested in this, and when you're interested in it, you want to write about it, you want to speculate about it, and boom, you're you're back in the well again, and you're like, hey, I'm Star Wars fan. Um, um, but I'm never going to change my mind on. Uh, those sequel trilogies that's just, just no. not going to happen same as you're never going to suddenly start liking the prequels no. <laughs> <laughs> and I shouldn't say like that in case people don't listen to us and they think oh Cam must be a prequel lover no I'm not <laughs> well, if you, you feel free to go back and check our reviews, reviews of all the Star Wars movies neither is like 
uh, apart from a few bits yeah. that we, we would we'd say we like this bit or we like that moment. Um, we were not either of us fans of the prequel trilogy, but I am a fan of where they went in the yeah. Clone Wars animated show, which which Kyle hasn't seen. So, yeah, I mean, there's nothing else more to say. You know, Abrams was talking about it, which makes it newsworthy because it brings up that discussion mm. again, so we have to cover it. But we all know there was no plan and that that was the big failing of that sequel trilogy. And nothing's going to change nope. that now. And you know? the only thing... Um, so we just have to move The on. only thing that will ever change the sequel trilogy, and it's going to remain canon. I'm sorry, Justin, Mike, and 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 uh, what's the other guy? Doom, Doomcock or whatever, whatever the fuck. Doomcock. Even if they multiverse it, even if they use that world of time worlds between walls or whatever the yeah, fuck really uh it's still fucking ca- canon suck it up yeah. dry drive on <laughs> we don't we don't like it either but, exactly you know, but you, they can you have it's, you have to do one of the two things i said either give up and suck it up and drive these on. people won't do because you make your career at star wars or you know you have to accept just wait and see what they do and judge and, each thing and as it comes out that's, you know and that's all we do one thing that can make it maybe suck a little less, kind of like uh, the Clone Wars making uh, Rise or not Rise, but Revenge of the Sith suck a little less is by adding the mm-hmm. relationship you needed between Obi Wan yeah. and and Anakin. You know, we could see it doesn't make turn it any a yeah, good we, film. It doesn't but, make it a good film, know, but it could help the it story. It makes you more appreciative of the era yeah, and yeah. what they were really trying to do, and they never quite. Exactly. Off, I think it would be the best way to put it. Um, and and if they can make the sequel trilogy better by setting it up better using all these shows, I am all for it because it still is canon. Mm-hmm. But I just I'm never gonna like those movies. And talking about weird things that about Star Wars, I covered the story today, which I don't think I would ever thought I would be typing these words. Um, and I titled it Zack Snyder <laughs> Zack Snyder's Star Wars you know as a play on Zack Snyder's Justice right. League you thought you liked Zack Snyder's Justice League well wait till you hear this it's Zack Snyder's Star Wars <laughs> um, so apparently this is back you know, so we're going back to sort of really 2012 here so that's a bit of time um, he started making Man of Steel what 2013 so this is kind of prior to that, that he tries to have a conversation with Lucasfilm and he wants them to let him, this is before the kind of Disney things all gone through. It's probably one of the reasons that never went anywhere actually because they were, that all ended up coming out. Um, but, you know, he had went to Lucasfilm and he had said, basically, give me the keys to Star Wars, I want to take it for a drive. And he had this idea to do, and we don't know, anything about this other than a really old rumour which might have been shit at the time so I'll mention it but you know all Snyder said was it would be Kurosawa um, inspired um, and it was a movie he thought was a really good idea so much so that he's kind of percolated on it and he's still got it and now he's kind of what he's working on now is un-Star Wars-ifying it if you like and just doing his own thing with that story Mm -hmm. in his own universe um, to kind of 
get that story out there if you like without having to kind of go through the whole Disney Star Wars thing because that ain't happening you know yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> there ain't <Yep>. no way <laughs> Lucasfilm's hiring Zack Snyder just forget about it um, and you know some of those you know 12 or 15 Snyder fanatics will be like oh my god Six of Iron Star Wars sounds like the greatest thing of all time um, you know it would be a, probably a five hour um bleak fest full of slow motion shots and it would look really good like when you had take a screenshot of mm-hmm. it like like for your for the background in your computer it'll look cool as fuck because that's what he's good at but you know it'll be too long and too dull and, and he'll deconstruct everything but you know the rumour was something to do with Yoda in the young days it was going to be something set back in the past with Yoda as a oh. younger character now I mean that sounds horrible but really it's hard to connect that rumour with with this legitimately yeah. because really we don't have enough information. That could have been just... I mean, you see it every day, whereas something comes out and somebody makes up a rumour about it. I'm not going to mention any names of this one, but there's been a couple of Marvel-related stories this week, for example, where one outlet's saying, we can guarantee this is happening, and somebody more credible than them's come out and said, no, that's, that's crap. Um, you know, and that could have been the case back in the day because it was a different world back in sort of 2012 um, yeah we had the internet but you know we weren't quite as social media savvy or all online certainly as we are now you know in 2021 um, you know I, I certainly wasn't writing about movies no. at that point <laughs> or certainly not doing it on a professional level um, so um, yeah it, it, it was different days and we just don't know if that is a genuine rumour or not. However, just the idea of of those words, Zack Snyder's Star Wars, horrifies yeah. me. Uh, look, beyond doubt. I, you know, I liked see. Snyder's uh, Dawn of the Dead. I love it, actually. I haven't seen that, actually, so you know, I'm not going to pass comment okay. on that because I haven't yeah. seen it. I've seen most of his films, I think, but I've never and seen that he, one. He reminds me of directors like Michael Bay and George Lucas that have a particular talent and they're really good with that one thing and nothing else. And they have to, if you put, if you put those (laughs) people together, you'd maybe have the, the the ultimate ultimate fucking director. Cause what Lucas was good at was editing, Mm. which, which Snyder is so, so bad Mm. at editing, you know, and Lucas was really good at that. Um, you know, that was, you know, obviously the first one he did with his wife who was an editor who no, divorced no longer worked on it. But, you know, that was, even hearing back in the days, that was one of the things where he kind of really came into his own was once it got to the cutting room time. Um, so, yeah, you know, you never know, mix all three of them together and you might have yeah. someone like well, Steven Spielberg in his problem, prime, you know, had, who really had all of that. The problem, I, I think, <laughs> is that we've... We've glorified directors these days in, in movies and, yeah. and completely ignored how, how much goes into uh, making a movie come yeah. come I to mean, life. 
some some directors were glorified in the old days, but they were the right, legends, right. you know. So the Hitchcocks, the Scorseses, the Coppola's, well, the those, you those know last, Spielberg's. Three but you know, there was a million directors that we know, geeks know, but other people just right. wouldn't know them off the top right. of their head. And the, you know? those last three are the are the, that those were you know the first two especially were the beginning of those superstar. Uh, directors yeah. that that became uh, house that household seventies brat pack exactly kind of thing, yeah. and um because of that studios start yes manning or yes womaning but whatever uh be be politically c- correct uh uh they just start yesing the these people and rubber stamping because if you put Chris Nolan's name on it. If you back in the day put Mel Gibson's but, name again, on it, again, that's somebody that deserves yeah. it, you know, because Nolan has earned that reputation. What I don't get, this is going back to J.J. Abrams again, and because Snyder is a different argument, but I don't get why Abrams is like the current Spielberg that he gets his name on everything. If he says go on a project, it's basically green lit. I mean, he's he's making money just by putting his, you name. know his ideas being with a particular studio at the moment. And out of all the things that he's done, and I think I've seen everything that he's done, or every, every mainstream thing he's done, the only decent movie I really, really liked was was The Force Awakens. <laughs> and, and I had a lot of issues with that, but The Force Awakens did have a lot of good moments in it. Um, and it was a fun movie, and I thought, you know, that's better than I thought from him, because I was really worried about him. Um being given the role in the first place because I didn't like really any of his other films and I watched every season of Alias which was the one he was most heavily involved in TV series wise Um, I am a fan of Lost but he really didn't get involved beyond the first season of that that was really Calton Hughes and Damon Lindelof the people that he left behind you know that that had his his vision in mind and his his influence in mind have said that it was, uh, I think ABC. That was like, no, you're not ending it at. They wanted what season four or five? I think it was or three, maybe. And I think a- the, the idea was, like, was no, to kind of end. <laughs> but but actually, I think once they kind of got into it, I think they found that sometimes it took them that long anyway. But that's a that's an argument for a different thing because I'm actually a fan of Lost these mm. days. Yet I wasn't at first, but like in a rewatch, I realised it all does make sense mm. now. But anyway. Um, the only thing that I could have said I really enjoyed that from start to finish that Abrams was involved in was Fringe at that point. Now, how involved... I know his name was on it, you know, Fringe from J.J. Abrams, but he wasn't directing it. He wasn't, you know... As far as I know, he was just the exec producer. I think they had a writing room, so I don't know how much his writing was involved. So, you know, I could be wrong, and I don't want to kind of do him that disservice in case I say there's nothing he liked, and actually I did like Fringe, and I thought it ended really well also. Um, But I just don't get what he's done that that puts him in that Chris Nolan pedestal, for example. You know, I mean, J.J. Abrams is probably worth more money than Chris Nolan, and I just think... It's chalk and cheese, man. You know what I mean? I think, you know, one is far more gifted than the other to me. I mean, I think J.J. Abrams is a decent enough director. Um, but I don't, I'm not particularly a, a fan of his writing. I'm not. You know, in, in all honesty. I, I mean, we, we could we could spend all all day, day picking. And you could picking, rate every director. Yeah. And, you know, and, yeah. and, and so, you know, like I said, like you, you said about Lost, you, 
The loss gets a lot of flack for the for the way it ended, uh, whether or not you, you liked it. Uh, after our most of that is because people didn't understand right. it, though. And but regardless, like you said, in reality, that even though his name's on it, that wasn't his story anymore. It wasn't no. his doing. You you no. know. Um, I I just I'm 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 on on with you now i'm i'm like the sequel trilogy happened it exists we might see it become a more coherent better better uh story through uh additional things uh uh from disney plus or or maybe even comics Mm -hmm. or novels highly fucking unlikely but maybe um but regardless so star wars still has a, a billion other planets to to visit and i i think that's what's becoming m- most frustrating to me is i'm 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 really really waiting on the the new star wars that we all thought we we might get and we we haven't got like okay a new planet sure but you still made it all desert or made it all ice or made it you know what what whatever it's like fuck guys like time yeah i mean the mandalorian showed more imagination on that front even than you know and using the volume instead of big budget movie effects as well and done a better job than than anything that happened in the sequel trilogy in the sequel trilogy it looks good but you know, is there any planets you just off the top of your head, apart from for bad reasons, remember the name of? You know, do you remember the name of that jungle planet no. that they're on? Um, I don't. Maz Kanata's place. I don't remember the name uh, of that. I don't remember the name of the planet that the Star Killer base was on. The only planet I can uh, name off the top of Ilum. my head. Right, you go. The only one I can name off the top of my head is Crate, and that's because. That whole part should have been cut out the fucking film. Um, yeah. Everything that happened in Crate was not Crate. No, what's the other? What's the case? Oh, plan oh, called? uh, uh, Canto Bite. Canto Bite. There you go. Remember in Crate because yeah. it's where the, the final thing And those and are bad reasons, off, like you said. But we name, saw. Name a yeah, ba- that bad you reasons. Remember for, for um, good or, for good or just because that, it was there. And it's know. like, okay. Start going through, you know, the original tr- trilogy. You're like, I, Dan, uh, Dantooine's m- mentioned, Alderaan seen and, and mentioned, Tat- Tatooine, you're, I mean, you're Alderaan on. Alderaan that we never actually saw inside the yep. atmosphere was still cooler uh, and more Day- memorable Day-Gobah, than anything we saw. Uh, you know, like, did, we, did, do you remember the name of the, the planets that got blew up by the Starkiller base? You know, because there was no tension nope. in that, like there was in that Alderaan scene, you know, they, they make a point. Of uh, what that you know, is and who is yeah. important to. Uh, and and the, the whole point, I imagine, blowing up a whole planet, whereas it kind of just feels like, oh, they blew up three this time. I guess those planets were important, you know. <laughs> so as much as I say, I, I quite enjoyed The Force Awakens. What it was missing was, and we've went over this before, is that that background that puts it all together, the world building that makes you fall in love with the kind of the details um, just, just wasn't there in the sequel trilogy. Um, but at least one thing we can be thankful of is that we won't be getting Zack Snyder's Star Wars anytime soon. Zack Although we may get a fair idea if he ever gets to make that film, uh, which I hope someone 
ponies up the cash and lets them make it. Um, then it'll be interesting to see, you know, because all you're going to do is you're going to watch that and go, would this have worked in Star Wars? You know what I mean? Because you're going to know what it is, I think, um, if he ever develops that. But who knows whether that will actually come to fruition at some point or not. We don't know. Zack Snyder fans will hope it does because they just want to see what he's going to do next. But he's going to get work. So, you know, he's going, he's going, Zack Snyder's going to work. So, you know, it's just, you just need to wait for whatever he's coming up with next if you're you're a big Zack Snyder fan because, you know, he ain't done. Nope, nope, he's not. Not, but this episode of the Cantina is, and with that, you guys, please make sure you're checking out LRM online, uh, uh, lrmonline.com every day for all of your entertainment, uh, news, needs, and opinions. Uh, check out our outstanding YouTube channel full of awesome, awesome podcasts like the Daily Cup of Genre, Daily Cog, which is what, uh, LR Mornings used to be, Anime Versal Reviews. With Dr. Stone this weekend, Saturday, awesomeness. Can't wait to, to, to talk about that. Uh, there's also Breaking Geek Radio, the podcast, so so much more. And, of course, all the, the amazing celebrity interviews that we get every, every day, it seems like. Uh, and, of course, all of our podcasts and show, shows are available in audio format wherever you get your podcasts from. Probably where you're, you're listening to this right now if you're not on YouTube. So, like, share, follow, subscribe, all all that wonderful stuff. Uh, it can be found at that Kyle Malone on Twitter. Cam, what do you got going on, and where can people f- find you at? Um, obviously, um, if you check out the website every day, we'll be trying to cover all the rumors, all the news that breaks, especially for the big brands such as you know your Marvel, Star Wars, um, DC stuff, you know, um, as well, you know, the, the the stuff that most people are interested in. Uh, loads of kind of fantasy stuff coming out as well. But you can find me on Twitter at lrm underscore cam. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. Let us know if there's something uh, in particular you would like us to, to talk about. Uh, we're, we're open for all, all sorts of really cool ideas, yep. not just on, in the Star Wars realm, but but anything you think we're, we're not covering on the site, let, let us know. Thank you guys so much for listening this week. We'll talk, talk to you next time. May the, may, may the Force be with you. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.